The bards must drink and junk it. Hello, friends and strangers. Thank you for listening to Tomorrow, Tomorrow We Die. A show about the trials and adventures that happen while touring as a working musician. Told to you by people who have built their lives or portions of their lives around writing and playing the music they love. We are your hosts. I'm John Wisniewski. And I'm Jeffrey McNulty. And every episode, we will bring you an interview with someone who is out there day-to-day grinding against the many odds only to lose their passports right before they have to play a show in Canada. I mean, passports are important. They are if you're traveling in any other country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta turn you gotta turn around and go home and get it if you leave it at home. And let's be honest, they're more important to get back into the country because we live uh. in America. Quite. With Quite. three Ks. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did, Jeff. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Political commentary um. from yours truly. <laughs> so, this is awesome. We have some exciting news today. We have new sponsors. Yes, I know. we do. Just what everyone wants to hear. I can't wait to tell you about these awesome ads that you're going to hear today. But no, we're actually legitimately super stoked about our new sponsors. Indeed we are. The first would be Saints Joints. Saints Joints. I'm talking about pot. I'm talking about weed. Yeah, it's legal. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's coming to you. Reefer Madness. Yeah. Maddeneers. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> slowly and surely all over America, you're going to be able to just walk into a store yeah. and buy some pot. And I got to tell you, it's pretty cool. It is. It's great. I don't even smoke that much weed, but if I do, that's it. You know what I love about pot shops? Mm. I'm sure everyone's heard this comedy bit before. This isn't actually a comedy bit because it's real. Yeah. The employees are so stoked. Oh, God, I would be too, you know? Like, hey, man. Yeah, they're just like (laughs) so excited to get you high. Yeah, and they can do it in oh so many ways. (laughs) Yeah, but let's talk about Saints. Um, Indeed. This is really cool. So one of the upsides of this like marijuana business explosion that's been happening Mm -hmm. is there's a bunch of starving musicians out there who grew and sold pot on the side that, you know, allowed them to keep doing what they did and they all of a sudden found themselves with an avenue to, I'm going to air quotes, legitimate yeah, business. Yeah. Not to say that <laughs> pot's illegitimate because it obviously is, but that like, it's not really a job you can use to pay yourself with yeah. if you're trying to play music full time. Yeah. So yeah, our buddy Larry, he used to play in a sick band called Wormwood. Yeah, I mean, all of our bands played with Wormwood all the time. They were an integral part of the scene and every person in that band was a stand-up solid person. Just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, they're still friends with all of them still, to this day. Yeah, it's like two bass players, two drummers, keyboards. Was there a guitar? No, no, never any guitar. No guitar. Yeah. Fuck guitars. They were the two bass band. Guitars aren't metal. And they weren't like Man is the Bastard style yeah. two bass either. They were like almost doom. I don't know what to call them. Super heavy crust. Their last record is uh, crucial, in my opinion. Anyways, we're talking about Wormwood. We yeah, should we talk are. about St. Joints. We should. They've got high quality, potent joints. I need to say that I'm a complete wimp when it comes to smoking <laughs> weed. So to me, everything is potent. Oh, yeah, in these days. It all fucks me up. But I can say that Saints Joints work. They do. They work very well. <laughs> and I also will say that an amazing thing about Saints Joints is, and this is a big thing for me, is the problem with this, quote, green revolution that we're having here with legalized marijuana is that, you know, 90% of the package is just shitty plastic or like these glass jars that you're never going to use for anything unless you want to be a hippie and use them for a shot glass or something, you know? Like, it's just all trash, really. Yeah. And Saints Joints comes along, and it's like recycled and or organic paper, and the ink is compostable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like crazy, the cool stuff that he's trying to pull off. And the other thing is, is that you can look at pot and read it on the back of it, and you can kind of go like, 
Is this gonna be good for me? And am I indica person? And am I a sativa person? Do I want a lot of THC or a little bit? Do I want higher CBD content, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So with Saints, you know that they're growing that stuff legitimately organic and their product is not commercialized in that, you know, hugely gross, just manufactured weed, you know, where, yeah. you know. Process. Just, yeah, Process. and tons of pesticides just so they can get the product out to you and stuff. And So it behooves yeah. you to read the packaging, but it also behooves you to know who's selling the stuff that is actually organic. And one of those people is our friend, Larry, and his friends at St. Joints. And you know what? I'm not done yet. They also care about giving back to the community. They sponsor underground shows. True. They raise money for Equal Rights Washington. Larry put on a show that Sandrider played yeah. with King Dude, yep. and it was fucking great. Yep, I remember that. And he paid all the bands really well. Everyone had a great time. A ton of people came. And he tipped me in weed. Yeah, and we all got joints. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, good people, good weed, buy Saints, and travel to space knowing that you're supporting the arts as well as a good person, as well as your own relaxation. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we get to another big bit of news. I'm just bursting at the seams. Dude, we finally get to say it, Jeff. It's insane. We're sponsored by Relapse now. Relapse Records. Relapse Records. We said it. Holy fucking shit. Which is like, Relapse Records. <laughs> you know, is that the coolest label? I just got chills again. I know. Like, I, like my body just got chills. I'm never going to forget when I got that text from you because I truly Dude. did not believe it. See, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when, when we started this show and we like edited the first couple episodes, I was like, oh, it's not going to suck. Yeah. Like this will be fine. Yeah. This will be a fun thing to yeah. do. Maybe we'll get a sponsor at some point. And to get Relapse Records <laughs> to sponsor this show. I mean, it's about as good as it gets for a music show as far as I, I, I mean, know. as far as you and I are concerned, you know, I mean, yeah. it's right up there, yeah. you know. So if you listen to the show, thank you. And if you don't know who Relapse Records are, check it out. They're probably one of the most important underground record labels of my lifetime. Yeah. They've started in 1990. They've been releasing extreme music nonstop. Some of the best, most well-known rock and metal bands playing today are either on Relapse or have come through the Relapse canon. Mm -hmm. We're talking like Baroness, High on Fire, Mastodon, Death, Dillinger Escape Plan, Incantation, Obituary, Voivod, who else, Jeff? There's so many. <laughs> oh, my God. The list goes on. I mean, when I look at just the releases they have available on vinyl, you see, because it's like yeah. 140 things they have available on vinyl right now, I can't pick only 10 things. So that's how yeah. good their fucking roster has been over time. I mean, even if you're talking about the first High on Fire record that was on Relapse, it's still one of their best records. All that kind Dude. of stuff. They do re-releases of amazing records. Oh, yeah. They just reissued like two of my Desert Island records, like Pig Destroyer, Terrifier, mm -hmm. and Mastodon Leviathan Sick. are like in my all-time favorite metal album. Yep. They just reissued them. I bought the vinyl. I'm so happy. And it's not just metal either. Like they have a ton of like synth, goth, death rock. Yeah, I think they define extreme the same way that you and I do, which is just kind of yeah. beyond the sort of realm. And you know, they do have a lot of classic metal bands, but what I love about them is they've always leaned towards the weird ones, which is exactly the kind of music that I listen to, you know, nine times out of ten. Totally. Even the synthy stuff, the heavy stuff, that new Genghis Tron record, Dream Weapon, uh, I mean, God I have damn, that on vinyl, so good. <laughs> and 
can't stop listening to it. The new EP from Zombie, which came out last year. First of all, if you haven't heard of Zombie or Genghis Tron, do yourself a favor and listen to yeah. everything they've ever done. I can't say enough about either of those bands. And I would also say neither of those bands fall into traditional metal. Not even category. slightly. Nope. <laughs> and so if that list of bands and extreme music maybe puts you off, like I would still recommend checking out Genghis Tron, Dream Weapon, mm -hmm. and the new EP from Zombie 2020. They also have a new album from Red Fang, like the band that literally everybody knows. <laughs> coming out yeah who's one of the best bands here. from the pacific northwest and you know yeah holding down the pdx flag and killing it every time might be showing up on the show at some point yeah, maybe we'll, so. we'll see about that um, <laughs> that's coming out in june they also just released a record from a band called yaucha yaucha oh my god i have had the privilege of seeing them live I have also had the privilege of listening to their brand new record over and over and over again mm -hmm. and it's burner it's fucking kick ass from start to finish no compromise. Dude, let me quickly try and explain what Yaucha sounds like. <laughs> Imagine you're a moth mm -hmm. and you're flying and you don't know this, but you're in the street and you get sucked into a car engine. Now imagine we could slow down that moment of your death over the course of 30, 40 minute album. <laughs> and that's what Yaucha sounds like. <laughs> this is the best record review I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Way to go, John. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to play some in a minute. We You're going to go like, oh yeah, that's what it sounds like. I think so. So yeah, today we have Kayon Vaziri, bass player and yell screamer for Yaucha. Yeah, such an amazingly nice guy as I kind of knew he would be. You know, I only met him for a few minutes when I was doing sound for them, but everyone in that band is super nice. And it's rad because, you know, we're getting connected through Relapse, even though these are a group of folks that you and I, you know, we could know them at any time, just playing a show with them or, you know, whenever. Yeah, the, like the first time we talked to Relapse, it had just sort of come on my mm -hmm. radar that Yaucha had signed with them. And, you know, Jeff, you and I have been fans of theirs for a long time. And we that's have, just yeah, like, we've talked about we're it. We're just like, I'm just jazzed. I'm jazzed for Relapse that they signed this band. And I'm jazzed for Yaucha that they're going to yeah. get like shot out of the Relapse canon. <laughs> and so we were just kind of gushing about it. And then it just sort of like came together like, hey, maybe we should uh, see if one of those guys can come on. And then, yeah, when, like once we actually started talking with Kaon, is realized we have all these mutual connections and used to tend bar at a venue that Akimbo played at a whole bunch. And it's like, I probably got a beer from you at some point. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to a little Yaucha. This is a song from their new album, which just came out on Relapse, and it will crush you. Hello, Kayon. Welcome. How's it going, man? Good, good. Hello. How are you guys? Doing well. Super excited to have you here talking about Yaucha. Yes, very stoked. Before we get into the mess, why don't you uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done? My name is Kayon Vaziri. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, but have lived 
all around the Southeast kind of mm-hmm. been playing in bands and, and touring since about 2006. I'm 33 years old. Did the majority of my touring starting with a band called Die Young, which is a hardcore band out of Texas. Yep. Uh, and then Coliseum and Yaucha kind of simultaneously. Yeah. Starting in 2010 and 2012. And that's what I do now. Y- Yaucha is my main thing now. Darn tootin'. Oh, yeah, man. the good main thing. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But Thank you. yeah, Thank hu- huge fan oh, we're gonna of, gush. of what you're doing. We're going to gush. For sure. Yeah, John and I are not <laughs> afraid. If we're talking to, and we mostly do talk to people that we really, really like as human beings and musicians. So, but that being said, like, <laughs> I'm definitely a huge fan seeing you guys play live. Probably done sound for you, Thank actually. You. Oh, nice. Thank you. Not 100 on that. <laughs> That can get blurry sometimes doing. Yeah, I mean, so. I done I've done sound for a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at doing sound, but uh-huh. I do sound a lot at a DIY venue here in Birmingham. Red. Yeah, it's fun. What venue is that? It's called the Firehouse. Mm-hmm. A bunch of bands have played. I mean, the last show I went to, I ran sound at. It was that band Sangwa Sugabog. If you've heard that band, Ooh, I have. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I have. And yeah, uh, they they are ridiculous. Yeah. They're ridiculous. Yeah, I dig them a lot, but yeah, they're super over the top. It was fun, <laughs> indeed. Awesome, and I love that you played in Coliseum too. That's a band that Kimbo did some shows with. Uh, we know Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Love Ryan. There. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Indeed. Very good guy. Yeah, and that was a fucking freight train of a band. Such a yeah. good band. Aptly oh, named yeah. as well. I like aptly named bands. I know, I know. Yes, makes sense. All right, tell us some wacky bullshit. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah. Let's start with um, in 2014, Yaucha was set to do a tour with this kind of hardcore punk grind band uh, called mm-hmm. No Brainer, who had been friends with us for years and other bands. But this was their current band at the time, and we played shows with them, we decided to do a, a tour with them. This is the fall of 2014. Uh-huh. Okay. So we booked a tour together, but we had to get to Milwaukee to meet up with them to start the tour. So we were supposed to play a couple of shows on our own. I think we were supposed to play Carbondale, Illinois, and then... Okay. Des Moines, Iowa. All right, sure, you had to get up there. Oh, yeah. So our Carbondale show, of course, how touring goes a lot, it fell through. It was supposed to be a sure thing, you know, yeah. constantly talking to the person who booked the show, the promoter, as it's getting closer. Hey, you know, like, is there a Facebook event for this show? You got a oh, flyer. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> First show um, right. the tour. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's get some hard details here, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, Indeed. you know... Not the only time that's happened in bands I played in, but that happened. So we saw that this band that we liked was playing St. Louis that night. So we said, hey, let's drive to St. Louis. We can watch this band play. We've got friends there. So we'll just right. crash in St. Louis, yeah. drive to Des Moines the next night. And this band was called Yowie. They're like a crazy, mathy, <laughs> like, it's a ridiculous band. I can't even really describe it. Very technical. They're not a metal band. They're just kind of like three uh-huh. virtuoso madmen. Sure. So we load up our van, haven't played a show yet. It's first day of tour, yeah. but but no show that night. So right. drive yeah. to St. Louis. <laughs> we go to this brewery where the show was, go inside, watch this band play. And I think Shibby, our guitar player, had already been outside. And I was walking out to go to the van to get something. Uh-huh. And he's like walking. He's walking towards me. And he's like, someone broke into the van. Oh, my like, God. What? <laughs> haven't even played a show yet. You know, exactly. Yeah. Like that is there, so there was no <laughs> the day one. Zero shows complete. Yeah. We had traveled, but we had not been on tour, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So far, it's just a shitty road trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Expensive road trip. Hope I hope. And this was in a window. No good things from tour had happened yet. Just bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> and this was in a like a thirty minute window too. You know, like pulled up. We didn't hang out at the venue very long before the band started. So this had all happened in a 30, 45 minute window. Damn. And like there was someone outside on the street who I think might have saw uh, whoever did this leaving. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, I saw them. They jumped in this car and flew down the block. And I just like went into panic mode. So like the first thing I do is like run down the block like one way and look around and then run down to the other end of the block and look around like like that was going to do anything you know oh, yeah like, yeah like i, I mean, would like catch up sure yeah like <laughs> pursue on foot yeah, yeah. yeah. like i was going to catch someone <laughs> who was like obviously cop. fleeing yeah, yeah. Like, the cops oh. show up and they're all tied up together like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the cops show up and they're like did you try to chase them yeah, yeah. <laughs> right um, yeah I, I don't know what the hell i thought was happening there but anyways yeah i'm like looking around there's like an alleyway nearby i'm like looking around this dumpster i'm just kind of like my brain is <laughs> is clouded by right this, this experience that i'm going yes. through so i go back to the van it's like okay someone obviously popped open the side van doors and luckily they did not get into the back because we did this thing where we built kind of like a little fortress around the gear in the back behind nice. the last seat so you've got these big yeah big wooden boards and then we had a lock on the back a little puck lock so yeah, they mean, did not, not steal rodeo. yeah right yes right. yeah not any of our first tours and shibby yeah. is like kind of a handyman so he rigged up this little box for us and i'd also just gotten this new little orange terror bass amp which was not in the back mm-hmm. uh, gearbox it was actually like underneath the oh. seat but tucked in and they didn't see it i guess they didn't see it or that's good they didn't know what it was whatever oh, man, they yeah. They're small, but they're expensive. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. they are. They are. So van gets broken into. We're looking around what's missing. They took my personal bag. They took a small bag that had some pedals and cables and pretty much everything except for my amp and bass. Uh, so they took like, you know, s- straps and little cleaning yeah. things and yeah, all that good stuff. And then my personal bag, which had... You know, all of my clothes, toiletries, uh, medication, stuff that helps you survive a tour, you know? Um, Totally. Yeah. I think Tyler got his laptop stolen. Uh, And the biggest thing that we lost were Tyler and I's passports were stolen. Oh, Oh, shit. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. That was important. That was like the big thing. (laughs) Like, okay, we we still have gear so we can still tour. Uh But I think the third... Maybe that's maybe the fourth show of the tour with No Brainer was in Hamilton, Ontario. So mm, sure, we had you know three days to to figure that out and to get a passport. Yeah, to get a passport. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was actually looking earlier at this Facebook post we made when this all happened, and it was like, hey, you uh-huh. know, this thing that you hope never happens happened, and we got broken into. Uh, we're gonna try to play the next few days but it, it's looking like we probably will not be going to canada on this tour because we were like yeah this is going to be impossible there's no yeah, way three days to get a passport seems impossible yeah to me. yeah okay so we we assess the situation see what's missing we go to our friend's house uh, where we're going to stay for the night and i just go into like you know unfortunately i had to call the police to file a report yeah. in hopes of getting anything back you know like yeah even with mm-hmm. insurance you still have to call the cops yeah yeah i had to you know, prove this happened basically. And this was also (laughs) the timing of this was great. And, you know, understandably, so I didn't think anyone cared about this because 
where we were staying was like right near Ferguson and all of the Michael Brown stuff was happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about that timing. Oh, you say 2014 yeah, so, and then you say St. Louis and then that's basically it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like this was, I guess that happened in August and this was early October. So mm-hmm. there were still a lot of protests and stuff happening. And, and it was like, well, we don't give a fuck about this band, <laughs> this band who got shit stolen, you know, like, there's a lot yeah, of you're like, you're like, whoops. Like, I have to call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's like, who gives a shit, kid? Like, like the cop who showed up was kind of like, totally. Are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> but okay, good luck. Like, sir, you know, my like, shirt. Yeah. I lost yeah. my shirts and my toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I think the only thing that like made their ears perk up for a second was like passports because that's a serious yeah. mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah, you know, of course, we just had to do that to get proof that we had shit stolen in hopes of getting it back, or like, even um, reporting the passport stolen. Because you know, it, when you're getting a new one, you have to say why you're getting a new one, and oh, you have to kind yeah, of prove of that you need a new one. And um, then they don't want to hear that your passport got stolen. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah. well, why did you let it get stolen? It's like, oh, well, I didn't mean to. I was <laughs> watching bands inside, and I didn't have it in my fanny pack or strapped yeah. to me. The other funny thing is there was like a crazy series of break-ins with bands in St. Louis at the time too. That was like a huge thing there. Like they were like targeting bands. Like so someone had very... figured out that <laughs> vans, yeah. band vans carry yeah. expensive yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, you get one jackpot. Hey, like, hey, hmm. we can, yeah. We can steal shit from poor people. This is great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's no money in here, but there's like, I know electronics and other you know. things. I don't know why they don't have any money though. <laughs> well, I can tell you why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can tell you many tales about why there's no money. So, yeah, we, we stay the night in St. Louis. The next morning, we're like assessing what's happening, what we're going to do, trying to plan stuff out. I think we made a post saying like, or, or we, we reached out to the bands in Des Moines, first of all, to mm-hmm. see if we could borrow equipment that night to play the show. We did not make like a GoFundMe or, or anything like that. I think we said something like, hey, if you've ever been thinking about buying some Yacha merch or, or buying a record now would be a great time because yeah, we're mm-hmm. in a shitty situation. And of course the show in Des Moines was like, it wasn't a bad show. It was just weird. You know, like I don't think anyone knew her, who we were. We'd never played there. Mm-hmm. Just a bizarre show. Totally fine. But like our spirits were fucking crushed. And yeah. I had to like rig up a weird strap and use someone's like, I'm not a huge pedal guy. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. just like not having the one pedal I use is yeah, like, totally. oh, this sucks, you know? <laughs> and also you're wearing like yeah. probably your guitar player's underwear and socks or something. I mean, at that point. Well, so. I, 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 at this point, I was I was still wearing the clothes that I left uh, Nashville. Oh, that's almost worse. Um, yeah. But that. But, uh, no, you're fine. Yeah, you're was fine. Was this day three? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so had this fine. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can you can go until you can like scratch your initials into your pants with the grime. That's when oh, yeah, it's yeah. to change. Indeed. We're we're definitely uh proponents of of letting shit ride like that as long as possible. Like yeah. hey, it's uh-huh. you know, we're almost to the end of this month long tour. Should we go to a laundromat? I don't know. Nah. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Waste of money. Fine. No one has like a staff infection yet, so we should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it's funny you mentioned clothes because that was another thing. I can't remember if we posted like in the event for the show or on our Facebook or whatever, but I was like, Hey, 
Uh, if anyone has any extra shirts, you know, like any size large shirts, bring it to the show. You know, we'll trade you merch for them or whatever. Our bass player needs some clothes. Yeah. And this kid, super nice <laughs> of him, you know, like amazing gesture. He did exactly what we were reaching out to try to, to get. But he brought me like what was clearly like his band shirts from high school. Oh. <laughs> and right. they were all like, yeah, like I'm not going to name any names here but yeah. it was like the worst of the worst like where like new metal and metal oh, yeah. high school i get it now that's even yeah funnier. yeah <laughs> yeah and i was just like oh my oh, god that's so good thanks man uh yeah so like you know so you definitely wore those shirts like inside out for the next yeah. couple of days <laughs> uh, oh man you should have owned it i should have bass player yacho wearing a system of a down t-shirt on yeah. stage i mean <laughs> honestly system of a down would have been yeah. yeah like like if it was a system of a down shirt i would have proudly worn that that compared to nice. what i was given there um uh-huh. that's <laughs> oh, like that's awesome yeah that's that's high tier compared to what was presented Oh boy! Oh, my mind is reeling. I'm trying to think of how bad it could get, <laughs> dude. It was alien ant farm. <laughs> think more like like swoopy hair and like oh. crab stance oh. playing. You know? Yeah, and this God. is yeah. This is. Uh... I think you're getting a better idea. Yeah, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, see, like I, I would have tried to own it if it was a system of a down shirt or an alien ant farm shirt. That would have been like. Funny, it would have yeah. had some irony there. This would have been like, this band's good, but like, why is the bass player wearing that shirt? He's really into this really I don't, bad music. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> really owning it. Yeah. So, anyways, we play this weird show. Stay in Des Moines. The next day, we're playing in Minneapolis, uh, and we have a lot of friends there. So we were like, "Hey, let's do some hard research tonight about like the best way to expedite a passport." Mm-hmm. And luckily there was like an official passport office in Minneapolis and oh. they're not in every city. It's almost like every other major city might have one or something sure. like that. So mm-hmm. I'm looking stuff up, go to Minneapolis, play an amazing show. I think people knew that we had gotten broken into and people bought merch and it was great. Like awesome show, great vibes. And that night I'm like filling out pre application forms. So when we show up to the, passport office the next day it'll yeah. you know we'll have a little bit more stuff done and ready to go yep. so yeah tyler and i the next morning go to this passport office i think it cost us like maybe like 200 or 250 each to get a passport within about an hour's time which was amazing oh wow um i mean it's really not doesn't seem that bad that's not bad i mean that's that sucks when yeah. you're on tour no yeah still, it, it kind of blew our minds because, you know, originally we were like, well, okay, we're going to do this tour uh, up until Detroit and then we'll just chill in Detroit for three or four days until, sure. you know, no brainer gets back and try to finish the tour. <laughs> so, But we got our passports. The rest of the tour was pretty awesome. Still, you know, like borrowing little things here and there. Um, I think I did go to a thrift store at some point and bought like another pair of pants and like sure. <laughs> a couple more shirts. <laughs> I think I went to like a like a Walgreens or something and bought like a pack of underwear and mm, socks. Classic. Yep. Done so, that. You know, I had to buy new toiletries. I definitely had like a bag of weed in my bag that got stolen that I had like ground all up. Like this is ready for tour, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Had, had a sick PSP that my friend had hacked, so I had like all these movies and stuff on there. Oh, that was gone. double bummer. Yeah. 
That's right. I actually had to like interact with people on this tour, and it was it was weird. <laughs> you could have like uh, maybe well, read I a mean, book. There's, I don't know. I'm just yeah. <laughs> <In> your books. <laughs> Throwing your books. Uh, <laughs> I'll do that on the next tour. Yeah. I've done that where when I got into lots of touring, I stopped caring about my socks. Like I had my socks that I would wear at home. And I'm not a sock guy. I don't have like fancy socks or anything. But they're my <laughs> socks, you know? Yeah. And when you take socks on tour, they just get destroyed. Oh, yeah. And so what I would do is I'd buy a couple packs of socks and put them in my bag and then wear a pair for like, Two, three days. And gone. And then just throw them yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> just chuck the, them. the disposable socks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like these are going to end up in the trash or like crusty in the bottom of my sleeping bag for uh-huh. some uh-huh. reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good shape. Convenient. It's a better, I, I did learn the, it's a better the shape. hard lesson. I was going to say it's a lot better for that to happen than for you to have to use your sock to wipe your ass. You know, in an oh, yeah. shit situation. Oh, yeah. Which has happened to, Absolutely. I don't care yeah. what anybody says, it's happened to every person on tour, or at least to every band on tour. I'm not going to say everybody in the band, but, you know, we know yes. that that, that, um, that happens. And sometimes your sock is, and sometimes it's just your underwear, you know, just got to go. Yeah. I want to say I've used, like, a band shirt for that. Like, a, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, no. like one that, like, like, like fresh merch. It was like, I think it was like the display shirt, you know, so the one that had been on the merch table, yeah. like yeah. To, to show people what we have every night, you know, it's the display shirt. So With it's had beer on spilled on it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it has duct tape residue. It's got exactly. ketchup like from someone eating at the merch table. And it was like, this has got to go. And, and I have to go. So I'm going to use this. See, that proves yeah, my yeah, point. There's a, there's a use for everything, even the display shirts. <laughs> I do remember also on that tour, uh, I think we were in, when we were in Canada. I I still don't know exactly how this happened, but we were just like driving on this highway, and one of our our van windows, like this weird side small window, just exploded. Uh-huh. Like for what? for <laughs> we we did not know how. Like it was either like a rock that flew up from like a construction truck or something but we're just driving along like you know we're in canada now we never we weren't sure if we would make it or not and then uh yeah window exploded all right let's take a little break we're gonna listen to some more of kaon's music this is a band from louisville kentucky called coliseum that kaon played with for a little bit i have some history with coliseum akimbo played with them a fair amount that's how i found out about them yeah Was seeing you guys play with him. Yeah, and Ryan Patterson, who fronts that band, has been awesome dude to know. He's been super helper. He runs Shirt Killer mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky. They sell Sandwriters t-shirts online. They sell a whole bunch of other great bands t-shirts online. It's got a whole like print shop out there. Anyways, Kaon played with them for a bit. This is Coliseum. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. 
as I understand it, you have a pretty awesome story from the Die Young days. You want to go into that? Oh, yeah. That's your first band you were ever oh, touring yeah. in, right? So that's like early touring experiences. Yeah, yeah. Die Young was a band from Texas. They were a Texas hardcore band. Yeah. And they had played Birmingham, Alabama, where I'm from, a bunch. You know, played with like local bands that I was in and friends were in. Mm -hmm. And they lost a guitar player at one point that, you know, needed looking for a guitar player. Yeah. So they reached out to a friend of mine from here and then had the same issue with a bass player about a year later and reached out to me. So I joined this Texas band, which became a half Texas, half Alabama band. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the the singer of this band was like super gung ho on going all over the place. Like he wanted to go to South America, he wanted to go to Southeast Asia, Russia. Sounds fun. It was awesome. Yeah, like I got to go to a lot of crazy places with this band. And we we went to Mexico a good bit mm -hmm. because you know, we wanted to do things that a lot of bands weren't doing at the time, especially on the DIY level. Yeah. And the band was from Texas, yeah. so there was obviously not a lot of distance from Mexico. Nope. Ma made a yeah, lot of friends as, there. <laughs> not as daunting to get not down. At all. Yes. Yeah. Not like a, cool. a New York band yeah. going to Mexico. Right. So we made this plan to do a like a, a Mexico tour. Uh, we wanted uh -huh. to play like Guadalajara, Mexico City, and uh, you know Tijuana, and then smaller places in between that. Uh, and we also wanted to have a day off just to do fun shit. Oh, yeah. Um, Good mm -hmm. idea. So we made it a point to post up in this town called Puerto Vallarta, uh, which is like a it's kind <laughs> of like a, a tourist town. Uh, it's like, you know, there's a beach. There's a little rainforest. Puerto Vallarta, like Jalisco, Mexico. Like, do you went that far south or is it a different town? No, it's it, it's yeah. We we went down into Mexico. Holy that shit, so, that's like, insane, um, man. That's really far. I go to Puerto yeah. Vallarta all the time. Actually, it's one of the easiest places to get to from Seattle. So yeah, I think there's yeah, like there's a lot of flights there now oh, and yeah. stuff, and or near there at least. Um, yeah, I've been there too. But yeah, it's great. And yep. so like we I think we played a show in South Texas, and then we took our like guitars and breakables, and took this kind of like Greyhound style bus across the border. Sure. And met up with our friend Sal, who lives in Mexico, and he rented this big SUV type vehicle, and he was gonna like kind of be our our driver and our translator because you know we all knew some Spanish, but not enough. You know, if like some shit went down or we got into a situation Indeed. where there was a language barrier, whatever. Sure. So we're playing a couple shows, and then we get to Puerto Vallarta, and. You know, we're like in this crazy vacation town, and the first thing me and the drummer of the band want to do is we want to buy some weed. Like, hey, let's smoke weed. We're on we're on vacation. Yeah. We're in this amazing beach uh -huh. town. Um, let's walk around and like see if anything jumps out at yeah, us. You know, if we see right. someone who might be able to help us, whatever. Let's just wave our American dollars. Yeah, in the air. exactly. <laughs> Please help us. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and I want to say we walked past this dude outside of like a gift shop, souvenir shop. And I think he just said something like, like weed, Coke, pills. And we're just like, oh, what? yeah, that's yeah. the normal. That's the normal. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right, sir. <laughs> so we talked to this guy, which, you know, this is already sketchy. Yep. We're like, hey, we're just trying to look at some weed. He's like, how much do you guys want? We're like, I'm just going to put this fish hook in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be exactly. Legit. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know. Like, let, right. me, let me just put yeah. this like sucker sign on my back and I'll give you money. <laughs> sure. So he's like, how much do you want? We're like, I don't know. We, like, 
we have twenty dollars, you know, like how, how, we we don't we don't need much. <laughs> so it's like okay, okay, follow me, just just follow me. I think he said come back in an hour and then I'll help you out. So we come back in an hour. He's there. We follow this guy. We're like kind of like going to a neighborhood type area, mm-hmm. going deeper into a neighborhood. We're like you know, uh-huh. me and the drummer are looking at each other like, uh, uh-huh. what are we doing? You know, like this. Yep, this doesn't seem super smart. But anyways, so we're going, and then we get to this house, walk around to the back. And he tells us to wait at the bottom of these stairs and he goes up and he's in there for like kind of long, like probably like 15 or 20 minutes. And we're just like, well, that's like the last time we saw that guy, you know? Like, Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> lot of time for like a tiny amount of shitty Mexican weed. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not, there shouldn't be too much negotiating yeah. here. You know, he, he should just go yeah. in and get the weed and come back. So he finally comes back out the door and we're like, oh my God, yes, this is awesome. But he has a ton of weed. He has like, <laughs> I, I want to say like close to a half ounce for real. But well, you can get um, that much for 20 bucks depending on who's exactly weed, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, and it, it was not good no. weed. You know, it was, no. it was what the young people might call swag is, these yes. days. Usually. Right. Um, <laughs> So he comes back, got this big bag of weed, and we're stoked. I like bought some weird little like hand carved pipe from a souvenir stand, and we post up on the beach. We're smoking weed, having a good time. Of course, we were all broke as fuck musicians, so we did not have a, w- a place to stay that oh. night. Um, uh-huh. I think like two of us slept in the SUV. I think I slept on a bench nearby, just like outside. Uh-huh. Damn, dude. <laughs> Our singer somehow found this like low rooftop to some like business or house nearby and climbed on top of that and slept on that. That seems uh, weird. That's yeah, a whole that's other tale I can tell you about. Probably shady. <laughs> yeah, it was shady. Um, but anyways, we had a great night. Got our weed. We didn't die. Yeah. It was it was excellent. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, and this kind of ties into the Yausha thing. We we go to this place, El Eden, which is like the jungle. And also there. where they filmed part of Predator. <laughs> yes, Predator. It is. It's Predator. one of the places you go. I've totally um, been there. Yes. And it has, they have of course you did, John. Yeah, dude. And they have like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, so that's, you had traditional Mexican food <laughs> yes. there, right? Dude, I'm not going to be within the stone's throw of a Predator set location. No, and you got to, I still haven't done it here. I've been there so yeah. many times. That's embarrassing. I'm actually embarrassed for myself. Oh, God. It's great, man. Next time. Don't be embarrassed. Next time. Still time. They still have the blown out hole of one of the helicopters. Yeah, like, yeah. From, well, from you will movie. see I've got a photo. In that blown out hole. Yeah. I need to send you guys a photo because there is a banned photo by that. God damn right, you need um, to set yes, please. <laughs> yeah. And I think a statue, there's like a little predator statue guy. That's the thing they always yeah. do. Yeah. The actual best part about Ellie Den is they sell a whole bunch of bootleg predator merchandise. Oh, yes. I, oh, you can get killer t shirts, probably. Dude, Mexican bootleg predator t shirts <laughs> have the most like wonderfully awful drawings of like Schwarzenegger and the predator. Like, That's like, a, it, to it's be amazing. honest, it's kind of a wet dream oh, of mine. To see something yeah. like that, in there. I, I like that idea a lot. You'll have to return there on your next. I'm, I'm going back to PV as soon as vaccinated and things aren't quite as crappy. Hell it's yeah! That, I go there that often. Like usually, my wife and I yeah. go at least once a year. That's amazing. I actually haven't haven't returned since this trip, which is ridiculous. But yeah, I we're go. all right. So you guys scored, scored weed, weed, slept, slept on, on the bench, bench, woke up, had this awesome time at El Eden. You know, like they've got like these uh-huh. natural water slides on these rocks uh-huh. there that you can go down. It's fucking awesome. Like, such a good time. And that was, like, kind of early afternoon, and then we had to drive to play a show that night. I don't remember what city we were driving to, but from Puerto Vallarta, we had to kind of go, like, 
on a rural highway, like going through a jungle, mm -hmm. getting back to kind of civilization and then heading to the next show. So on that drive, I remember our, our friend Sal, who was driving yeah. us, he was like, oh shit, oh shit. And we're like, what's going on? He's like, I think I see a checkpoint up here. And we're all like, oh shit. Mm, that's a real thing in Mexico. Oh yeah. So me and the drummer who had the weed kind of agreed like, hey, we're going to smoke as much as this as we can. And then we've got to get rid of it. because <laughs> we, we cannot, I think we were eating it at one point, yeah, like the next morning. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. we were like, hey, let's not risk traveling through Mexico with a big bag of weed. That's just not smart. Yeah. So as we're, we realize it is a checkpoint and it's not just like the police, you know, it's like, th these are like, this is a military checkpoint. Yeah. There's dudes in camo yeah. and submachine guns, like for real. Yeah. Everybody's you know, even the police like... have like crazy automatic weapons there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These aren't just AR 15s, man. These are, these are big guns from call of duty brother. Um, so yeah, it was right. It was pretty terrifying. And you know, as we're like pulling up to this checkpoint, the drummer's like looking at me and he's like kind of smiling, which doesn't really make sense at this <laughs> point, but he's like, Hey man, I kept the weed. Oh, and no. I'm like, what? He's like, oh he's no. like, yeah, oh, I still got it in my bag. And I'm like, holy shit, oh, dude, you're fucking stupid. Like, I, I hope it's somewhere tucked away. And he's like, it's in my bag. I'm like, okay, great. So, <laughs> and I'm the only one, I'm the only one in the car that knows that he yeah. still has this. So I'm just like keeping my mouth shut. I'm not trying to cause a panic as we're like pulling up to these armed Mexican military dudes. Indeed. So like they talk to our driver. They ask us all to get out. They search all of us. They don't find anything. And then they ask us to stand over to the side and they search our van. Mm -hmm. And I'm like watching them search the van. I watch them pick up his bag, this little blue duffel bag he had. Yeah. Kind of kind of poke around in it for a second and then zip it back up. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like how? Like, uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> maybe they did yeah. see it. Maybe they're like, you know, maybe they're playing it cool and going to pull a fast one on us. They're like, ah, this is, this is some shitty <laughs> yeah. swag that yeah, these Americans got <laughs> sold. This is real weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking oregano. <laughs> and yeah, it, it probably was. Dude. It probably was. Uh, they're like, yeah, this is not worth ruining their day. So like they come back and talk to us and like in some broken English, this dude's like, usually we have the dogs out here. But we couldn't get them today, so you kind of lucked out, I guess. I'm like, kind of like, we know you have some, we know you have something, but the dogs aren't here, so yeah, we can't yeah. prove it. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why, oh, why are they shit. fucking with us? Uh, but they didn't, uh -huh. they didn't do anything, man. Like, we got back in the car and we went and played the show, and I don't know how we made it out of there. Like, I, I figured we were at least going to have to like. Yeah. bribe them with some money or yeah, like throw them some cash yeah follow them to which yeah. i have had to do in mexico before uh unfortunately but yeah i don't know how we made it out of that like i was fully expecting someone to get arrested or have to like give up their guitar or like some money or something well, you're lucky they didn't have the dogs but it was definitely yeah. frightening <laughs> yeah exactly where were those dogs that day where were they they gave the dogs the day off that would scare the shit out of me I'd be so I was, I was frightened. I was frightened for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's funny because uh, I don't think that's awesome. I mean, they could bust you for weed, et cetera, but really it would just be a reason to kind of like roll you for whatever you had. Yes. And, oh, and yeah. It, it, it definitely would have been, right. you know, it, no, no, no. It would have been just yes. really, really stressful. It wasn't going through my mind of like, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. It was like, how are these dudes going to extort us <laughs> to the maximum yeah, extent? Yeah. To be fair, it is. Yeah fucking frightening when you're driving down the road and you just get waved over and it's like a full-on military checkpoint oh in yeah one way i i understand oh, yeah. why 
that thing has to exist. Oh yeah. It's I so mean, funny. I remember the first time like going to Tijuana for the first time and just riding in our car and then like a pickup truck will pull up a police pickup truck will pull up next to you and there will just yeah. be a dude sitting in the bed of the truck with a machine gun. You're like, Oh, oh dude. Okay. Tijuana's yeah. fun. <laughs> hey, now's a good time to stop and listen to Die Young, which is the band from Texas that Kayon and friends joined. In the explosion of legalized marijuana in Washington, it's no surprise that someone from our music community got involved. But Saints owner, Lawrence Perigo, is an old friend of ours from the band Wormwood, one of the heaviest bands in Seattle back in the day. Their flower is grown with no-till gardening, all organic. They feed the soil using all organic methods, and the soil feeds the plants. Specializing in pre-rolled joints and mostly compostable packaging featuring art from amazing artists. Check out the joint sessions on their website featuring Spotify playlists curated by artists, musicians, and friends of St. Joints. Find them online at saintsjoints.com. St. Joints are currently available in Washington and Oklahoma. It's good weed from good people. Pick up a pack of St. Joints and know that you are helping the environment, the arts, and your own relaxed self as you drift into space. So you, you've driven to Mexico, so you've definitely done some outside of the U.S. touring. You ever been over to Europe? Yes. Been to Europe many times with different bands. Yaucha's first time going to Europe uh, was 2019. Like okay. late summer, we actually did two tours there in 2019. We did a shorter one the end of July and August with Thou. Oh, and awesome. then we went back in October and did like a month long tour with this band called Coil Guns from Switzerland, which is a lot of fun. Very cool name. I'm I'm looking that up right now as we talk. Keep yeah, talking. yeah. Yeah. They're a really cool band. They're <laughs> I excellent. We'll be Googling them. So our first time going over there, Tyler was already in Europe with Thou. So they had done I think a festival or two and maybe a week or so of touring and then Shibby and I were supposed to meet them in Czech Republic to go play Fluff Fest, which is a big like metal and hardcore mm. fest that happens right outside. Uh, maybe it's like an hour or so from yeah. Prague. Okay. I think it's like Rokitani, Czech Republic. So yeah, me and Shibby got to fly out from Nashville. Our final destination is Prague. Uh-huh. And you know, flying to Europe is always fun with a band because you've always got like a ton sure. of luggage and... Uh. Yeah. Uh, you've got to coordinate a bunch of stuff. Like, what are we bringing? What are we renting there? What are we leaving? And you bought of the course. cheapest tickets oh, yeah. possible. So you have a 13 yeah. <laughs> hour layover yep. somewhere. Oh, yeah. Got it. Taking four planes. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're going to take a plane here, then a bus to the connecting airport. And then, yeah. Right. And this was Shibby's first time, I think, leaving the country ever, oh, wow. if I'm not mistaken. 
So, you know, I didn't have to like hold his hand or anything, but it, it was like, hey, like, just kind of follow me, you know, like we have to do this and this. So we both had our guitars. He had his pedal board. And then I had this enormous suitcase that just had merch in it. I had t-shirts It had some vinyl mm-hmm. CDs just because that was stuff we already had. And it was a lot cheaper than getting stuff shipped or printed and produced in Europe. Right. So, you know, got all this luggage like hanging off of us, got our personal bags. I think I had on like a big jacket and it was not cold at all where we were leaving from, but it was cold. That's smart. So (laughs) covered in sweat, you know, covered in in gear. (laughs) Uh, Uh Flight from Nashville to Amsterdam was fine. That was our connecting city. But as soon as we got off the plane in Amsterdam, I'm like getting these alerts on my Mm -hmm. phone. Like once I connect to a Wi-Fi, and then once I walk into the terminal, there are just people fucking everywhere. Oh, like, one of those. <laughs> the most people I've seen in an airport yeah. in my life. Like it was it was insane. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I quickly see that our flight is canceled. Uh-huh. So first thing I'm wondering about yeah. is our gear. Because you know, we we checked this these guitars, we exactly. checked the pedal board, a bunch of merch. So simultaneously, like standing in one line to figure out about luggage trying to find a new flight because all the flights have been canceled. Apparently there had been some huge fuel shortage at the Amsterdam airport, which canceled like, I don't know, like over a hundred flights, shit. if not more than that. And so it was a shit fest. Dude. I mean, that's just a major disaster. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And yeah, I like looked it up the next day and it was like on all these news sites and stuff. So we, don't know where the gear is. Like the situation with the gear that they can't tell us anything. They tell us like it's going to show up here at some point and then they'll try to send it to our final destination. Right. But they don't know what's going on. There's like too much people wondering about luggage and stuff. Here's a little ticket with a number on it and that's your luggage ID number. Good luck, you know, finding this luggage. Yeah. And the only flight I could find going to Prague that night because we were supposed to play the fest the next afternoon was in Brussels, Belgium. Oh, shit. But we had to figure out how to get yeah. from Amsterdam to Brussels to take that flight. Which can be possible. It is possible, but that was a whole other process. So we had to get a train from Amsterdam to Brussels. And, of course, the train was fucking packed because yeah, exactly everyone else had their <laughs> yeah. flights canceled. Right. And it was terrible. Like, I was so thankful that we figured out the way to get to Prague. Yeah. But taking that train with like yeah. not even our checked gear, just like the gear we had with us, was hellish. So you didn't, you never got your no, bags. No, no. So never we never got, got our checked stuff. Oh, until, so two guitars, shit. giant suitcase full of yeah, merch, that's a and huge, like Shibby's logistical nightmare. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was chaos, and like Shibby's pedal board is like, you know, a lot of his it sound. Is, yeah. So very very specific <laughs> right. shit. I can't imagine the emotional weight of walking away. Dude, it was fucked. It was fucked, man. It was <laughs> I, fucked. Like I can't believe it. I don't that. know if I could do it. I know. I think at one point Shibby was like, I'm never going to see that stuff again. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe not. Are you having fun on your first international <laughs> flight? <laughs> Did you enjoy the free drinks? <laughs> yeah. And of course, like the next time we flew there was like, I could see like the trauma oh, in his yeah, eyes, PTSD, you know, like, is this going to happen again? You know? Yeah. 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 Oh man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like we get on this train, it's full of like, like drunk college kids for some reason. There's nowhere huh. to sit. We have way more luggage than anyone else on the train. We had to like sit in this hallway type thing that like connected two of the train cars. Oh, 
Yeah. For pretty much the entire train ride, which is a few hours. So you didn't have a seat? You no were just sitting seat, there? No seat. It was hot as fuck. Dude. Like I said, they were like drunk college kids. I think going to like a soccer match somewhere. Of course. Yeah. It was awful. But we finally fucking arrive in Prague. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently the person who booked the tour uh, said he got us a... Uh, like a hostel that mm-hmm. night, but we showed up super late, like way past the checkout time. Okay. So we take a taxi from the airport, show up to this hostel. All I have is the promoter's name and, you know, this address that we're supposed to be staying at. <laughs> so I like ring this little intercom thing outside the door. Uh-huh. No reply. Ring the intercom a couple more times. Nothing. Then someone shows up who's staying there too. And I like follow them in. They, they seem sketched out by that, but I'm like, I just followed yeah, him in behind. Yeah. They're like looking at me. You're like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? I'm sure I looked like haggard as fuck from traveling all day and looked defeated. So I get in there and like there's like this phone at the desk. So I call this number that's like, call here for, you know, if you need help in the night or you need something from the uh, hostel keeper. So I call that. And I'm like, hey, right. uh, I got here super late. This is what happened. I need this key. And about an hour later, someone oh, did show hour? up and like get us into our room. Yeah, it was it was insane. Uh, It took forever. But like that was the last thing I was like, are we just like not going to have somewhere to stay tonight? Are we going to stay on the streets after this insane day of traveling? (laughs) Uh, But luckily we stayed, watched some weird Czech TV and passed out. And then the next day, me and Shibby wake up and we're like, let's just like treat ourselves to an insane meal. Like, let's just throw down. And we did just to ease the pain a little <laughs> bit from our planes, trains, and automobiles. It really it is. is. Planes, it trains, is. Automobiles. Yeah. And we finally got picked up by our driver and the Val dudes, and we head to Fluff Fest, still with no idea where the gear is. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's a lot of, you know, we have Val with us there. We have a couple other yeah. bands we know. So we get set up with gear. Set was great. But as soon as I'm done playing, I'm like on the phone with this airline, that airline, yeah, Amsterdam you airport. Figure that shit out, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was crazy, man. Like I was also looking at promoters for the next like week and seeing where I could get an address to have luggage sent because that was an option oh, okay, too. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even know where this luggage is right now, but I'm trying to get an address. And you know, like if the promoter doesn't have a show that night, they're not going to be answering like the emails that night and. I have terrible service because I'm just in a field in like rural Czech Republic. <laughs> yes. I think my phone calls were like, you know, like a dollar fifty yeah. per minute and stuff like that. So I'm calling. There's no sign of Dude. no sign of gear, no anywhere. I leave a couple addresses with someone at the Amsterdam airport, hoping that they'll find stuff and send it. And uh I ended up getting kind of fucked up that night. Like after I did all the stuff I could do, I was like, I've done everything yeah. I can do. Cut I loose. Looked up addresses for the next yeah. week, I've called, I've given this information. So I just got kind of a little drunk, you know, I didn't get completely uh-huh. wasted. And about like 11 o'clock that night, I get a call from the Prague uh-huh. airport. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm like, who's calling me right now? Like, hopefully this is some good news. Get a call from the Prague airport with this person telling me that all of our luggage has shown up at the Prague airport. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. I cannot believe that this yeah, actually resolved is, itself in some way. Like absolutely best case scenario in this nightmare situation yeah, that you were in. Like, that's amazing. It was the only redeeming thing that happened. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if that would not have happened, I don't know how that tour would have gone, honestly. Yeah. So the next day, show up to the Prague airport. I think we had to pass by there anyways to go to yeah. the next show. And we go in and, th- and there's all of our gear. There's like two guitars, the pedal board, the taped up like 
suitcase full of yeah. merch. It was amazing, man. That that was like the biggest relief after the chaos of, of traveling. I can't. Yeah, I I, I still I can't done. believe that it worked <laughs> out that way. You know, like I was like, oh, maybe they'll find it and ship it to you know like this show in Germany a week later. Yeah, if you're lucky. If we're lucky, right? Exactly. Ugh, the whole thing about checking guitars is so intense. Oh yeah, it's it is scary, especially man. if you it's own a scary, Gibson because you know the headstock will just. Bust. The neck's gonna break. Yeah, you know, headstock's yeah. just gonna bust. You know, you gotta. A lot of people don't know this, and I'm gonna spell this out for someone who this might actually save someone. But if you loosen the strings a lot, all the way. Oh yeah. You have uh-huh. a way better chance of that headstock not busting off when wh- whatever gorilla they got who's tossing your guitar into the back of the fucking yes. plane. I mean, it's oh, not yeah. a big thing because <laughs> they, they don't can still fuck. fuck with it. And I mean, when I had to travel, I play modded fenders, so it's never been as bad of a deal for me but you know spend the extra money buy a case a actual flight case <laughs> you know, and just oh yeah i learned that lesson it. quick you know man. what i mean yeah. just do yeah. it yeah loosening the strings yeah. to take some tension off the neck definitely helps a lot like it's not gonna completely stop something no. if someone's like stomping and but your les paul or your yeah, sg helps like and, i mean those yeah. things they're well known i mean i don't think i've owned a les paul or an sg that hasn't had the headstock glued on at least once if not twice Cause I'm pretty fucking hard on my shit, so yeah. I've I've heard of people intentionally breaking those and repairing them, like reinforcing them, because it's gonna yeah, happen eventually. Yeah, yeah you know? sure. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> and I definitely had a like my first uh-huh. flight case. I was like, I'm stepping it up. I'm buying yeah. a flight case because I'm flying to play a show. And it showed up at baggage without the handle. Like the handle oh, broke like shit. the first yeah, time. Just, oh no. So I was just like, <laughs> I was just like fireman carrying this base, yeah. you know, like. With my other luggage. For those who don't know, yeah. a flight case is Yes, it's heavy. It is bulky. Even the cheap ones, you know. Yeah. And the other thing <laughs> is, is if you if you lock, if you put a yeah. lock on your shit. Yeah, yeah. They might bust it open. It's way more of a chance that they're going to bust it open, which sucks because you don't want people yeah. fucking with your instruments. And, and here's another thing that a lot of people don't realize when they're about to go on their first, like, international tour. Pedal boards are, like, a question mark to people. Oh, yeah. They open them up and they stare at all this stuff and they're like, as far <laughs> as they're concerned, it's just full of heroin. You know what I mean? Like, Or it's like, like <laughs> you know, they've never seen it. It's like an elaborate bomb or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bomb, yeah. and, you know, and, you know, maybe, right. you know, it takes batteries, you know what I mean? So that's a whole thing. And then oh yeah, I've seen pictures of friends of mine who are sound engineers who show up and their mic box, which is full of mics and only foam, by the way. Yeah. And the mics are out of the box and the foam is shredded. <laughs> They're AKA, just cutting it up. Making the box completely useless. Like, why have a box <laughs> yeah. at that point? Just carry it around right. loose in a fucking glad bag. It yep. doesn't really fucking matter at that point. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, And to be fair, a lot of that is coming into the United <laughs> States, not the other way around. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too. You got to be way more careful coming into the United States than you do necessarily going out of the fucking Oh, yeah. I've definitely like been standing, like gone through security myself. But been standing by the dude operating the X-ray conveyor, and like looking at my uh-huh. backpack with all these wires and pedals and buttons and batteries, and it's oh, like, you know well, that's... this looks just like what a bomb would look like in someone's bag, right? Basically, a bomb. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> they don't this, know. <laughs> like, this, don't worry about like the size of the liquid container this guy has. He's got fucking electronics and for a bomb in here. Oh yeah. my god, it can be, it can be intense. Awesome. Well, can. Thank you for coming oh, yeah. on our Thanks for having me, man. Show. Great it was awesome. And uh, 
We are so happy to have you, and we are so psyched on your guys' you. latest record. Well, yeah, because let's just get to it. We're huge fans. New record's fucking killer. Yeah, the old records are fucking killer. <laughs> like I said, I'm like 99% sure I, I did sound for you when you played at the Highline here in Seattle and uh, loved every second of it. Oh, I love the Highline, man, yeah. I still haven't seen you guys, but I'm furious about oh, it. Oh, shit. This is awesome. I, I really appreciate you guys yeah. having me on. Thank you, Kayon. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice of him to take his time out. And What a kind person. What a peach. <laughs> I know. He's just a super nice guy, and you realize it as soon as you start talking to him. And also, I want to say, what a smooth voice that guy Oh, my has. God, I know. Holy I know. shit. Come on the show anytime. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should have him do all of our voiceovers, and then we're going to hire you. Kayon, we're going to hire you. He's got a voice for radio and a face for Hollywood. You're going to make so much money working on this show. <laughs> you're going to be rich. you rich. You're going to ditch that relapse band you're on. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole, I mean, all of his stories are great. My absolute favorite part is when the band gets their stuff stolen out of their van and he's running down the street <laughs> looking, know. looking for the culprits. I love it so much. Because that's the kind of shit that happens in a movie and you always think, you can't catch a car. Why are you running? And then they sort of do catch the car and you're like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> right. And, like, what happens if you confront these people or this person? Just, like, are you going to like... This is a random guy running up on them. Right. Is it going to end up a Scooby-Doo ending, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, cops show up and like, I got him. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I mean, but that's the thing is, you know, he's in the heat of the moment and I like to think that I would be that guy except for I don't think I could run more than a half a block without <laughs> passing out so <laughs> you know that's a funny side anecdote is that sometimes when you're loading out of a club you like stagger one person out on the street to watch the van at all point as like people pretty normal yeah yeah in any sort of city situation but there's some gear where I'll just leave it on the street like a base speaker cabinet yeah sure like an 810 yeah no one's gonna steal that shit even if they do you just go walk up to them and say could I have my speaker I know. cabinet back like because they're, they're only like half a block away because it's so heavy and so hard to move. Yeah, you're not running away with a speaker cabinet. Come on. Yeah, no, that's true. But they will pick up a bag of symbols and walk they off will. of that shit, though. They will. Oh, my Lord. Mm -hmm. You know what's really depressing is that when like someone who might be like living on the street or something steals a bag of symbols, they're usually going to take that to a recycling center. Oof. Ouch. I know. Yeah, that's Think about all your pasty symbols that are worth thousands of dollars and etc. Yeah. We had an amp stolen from backstage at the knitting factory once. What? Another band stole another band's equipment. We were furious. That was, is fucked. It's really bad. And it was a Sun Model T guitar amp. It was a Oh my god, which is one A, one of the hardest to carry amps. And well but also very one of the most sought after yeah, and stealable. Very amps. stealable. But we thought like you just assume it's safe at a venue in the yeah, backstage, mother right? Another band fucking took it. Can't believe it. You know, someone stole my fucking greed tone from my gig bag at a show that you and I played when we were in the band White Jazz uh. at this club in Fremont. And then I had left that said gig bag at your practice place, the Akimbo practice place, mm -hmm. and didn't think about it for a while until I get this random text from the guy who made the pedal, my friend Greg, mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, man, if you needed money so bad, why didn't you just sell it to me? And I was like, I didn't need Ooh. money. And he sent me a picture. His buddy found it at a pawn shop yeah. and bought it. And it was greed tone number three, which is like, I don't know how to explain how intense that is. But it's literally like the third pedal that someone makes. And it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's priceless and somebody else owns it. And I am still livid about that. Yeah. So that motherfucker that stole my fucking pedal out of there and sold it just die right now. Death. 
I will be a happier person. I seriously do not care. And it's all over a single distortion pedal. Yep. That's how much I fucking cared about that pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I'm still so mad about that. You know, John, it, this podcast reminds me of something that happened the first time Bloodhead crossed the Canadian border. Oh, go on. <laughs> so at the time, we had our original drummer, Rod, and... Uh -huh. We were crossing the border. We were fine going across the border. You know, this is the time before cell phones and even before MapQuest. So this is a long time ago in the late 90s. And we were like, well, we need to find out where we're going. So we pulled over and we stopped at this little store. And while one of us was in asking directions, me and the Jake, who smoked a lot of pot at the time, we were watching this guy sort of go from, I don't know, I guess corner to corner. And he kept pulling something out of his fanny pack and handing it to people. And we were like, oh, well, that guy's selling weed. <laughs> then he kind of made it to our corner and he saw that there was a van full of, you know, punks hanging out. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, man, what's up? And we were like, oh, this is our first time in Canada. And, you know, we're just hanging out and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, man, yeah, well, welcome. Where were you guys going? And we asked him for directions and he <laughs> knew where we were going. And so he gave us directions. Okay. And then he came back around as we were waiting. He was like, here you go, man. Welcome to Canada. And he handed us like a fistful of BC Bud, which at the time was like the best pot you could get Ooh. in our you know, general neighborhood. And me and Jake were like, sweet. So, <laughs> you know, we had went, played a great fucking show with this band, The Bustle Bitches, which was a great fucking band that we to play with up there in Vancouver and super awesome. Yeah. And then on the way down, me and Jake were like very prescient. We knew, okay, we got to do something with this weed. We can't smoke at all. We still got a little bit left. So we like yeah. just we we're almost to the border and we were just like, well, fuck it. We just hucked it out the window or something. We talked about eating it, you know, and it's like, eh, well, it's not really going to do anything. Right. And so we're like, we're fucking home free. You know, we're fine. So we get to the border. What do they do? They just look at us and they say, whoop, 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 pull us over. They just put us, you know, into this. <laughs> I guess they have all these like places where they search your car, you know, these big old parking spots. Yeah. And they kick you out and they make you wait on a bench. Uh-huh. We're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And we're like, oh, man, what the fuck? You know, we don't have any fucking weed. You know what I mean? Like, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what we didn't take into account was one of us. I'm just going to not name it just because uh, was a pot dealer at the time uh -huh, uh -huh. and their bag constantly held, you know, an ounce plus of weed. So we didn't think about the backpack just reeking of weed. And right. apparently the dogs like, <laughs> like they just went straight for that backpack. You know, there's not yep. a smidge of pot in the whole car that we were in. Like there's nothing, you know what I mean? But this, right. this, this bag right. just happens to smell of weed. The dogs go crazy, so they're like, well, they must be trying to get weed across the border or something. I'm just assuming that that's what happened in their minds. Again, yeah. we didn't know any of this, John. We were sitting on a bench inside this <laughs> cop shop. It was basically like being in a police station. Uh huh. And so they, they take, I think they take Zach in first, okay? They kind of uh -huh. like pick on the weakest link. You know, this poor guy, you yeah. know? And <laughs> yeah. so they go and they take Zach in and he comes back out. I got to say, of all of you, Zach looked like the one he would. He'd, he'd crack <laughs> first, say, right? Of all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Zach yeah. would break. So, But he has nothing yeah. to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he comes back and he is right. so like kind of nonplussed that he doesn't really say anything. And the look on his face was like tragic. You know what I mean? And then and then <laughs> <laughs> they, they take Jake in uh -huh. and Jake, our singer, is a smartass. And, John, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay? I know. I and know. So, he, he threw coffee on Alex Jones. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and you can look that up on YouTube and, you know, good for uh -huh. him. 
But, yeah. you know, the guy is sassy as I am sassy. And basically, you know, they did the same thing to both of us. So I'm going to talk about what they did to me. They made me bend over and you can't see me because we're on a podcast, but I, I'm not like a skinny guy and I've never yeah. been that flexible. And they're like, <laughs> okay, bend over and unroll your cuffs. And I'm like, I can't even reach my fucking cuffs. How am I supposed to bend over and, and unroll them? Right. You know, and so, you know, I had to do that and blah, blah, blah. And then they make you take your pants off mm-hmm. and then... You know, they go for the search, which wasn't quite 100% cavity search. But apparently, when they did me, man, you know, the guy didn't have rubber gloves on. Oh, no. Which is stupid. (laughs) And I had a good 48 hours, if not 72 hours, of, like, pure I'm in a band ball sweat stank going on. I mean, I'm talking, like, hadn't showered in at least 72 hours, played a killer show the night before, Uh got shit-faced drunk. You know what I'm saying? Uh Like, the guy put his hand down there, and it must have been like putting your hand in a, like, you know, like a Louisiana swamp, you know? Or like a jar of Vaseline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he gave me this sickening, sickening fucking look, like, oh my God. And I just looked at him, and I was like, it's kind of what you get, you know? Like, I didn't say anything. But apparently, they did the same thing to Jake and putting their hand down in Jake's pants. (laughs) Being with the guy that he is, he says, believe it or not, it's all real. <laughs> Which explains why when the guy went at me, uh, with, he was so mad at me, even though it was his fault for not having, you know. Right. So right. The, I'm the third guy in. Our drummer at the time, Rod, he's the fourth guy in. And so far, no one's told him anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I sit down after three of us have gone through this thing. No one said a word to him. And I just slapped him on the knee. And I was like, well, you're next, champ. <laughs> <laughs> have fun, buddy. <laughs> got the body cavity search too. Got the full reach uh-huh. around. They couldn't find the weed. So then the guy finally comes in and he's staring at us like he's trying to get something from us. And I'm like, come yeah. on, man. You know that you can't hold us, being the sort of smart ass that I am. And he looks right. at us and he didn't say a word. He just threw our IDs on the counter and just said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> nice. That's how we left Canada. Nice. Oh, and ever since then, I've been on a list going back in from Canada. So they, I, I always get pulled over, like no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, cops. Punks one, cops zero. <laughs> they that's got a awesome. handful of my taint sweat, and they deserved it. <laughs> yep, yep. Man, that's awesome. Got a bonus story today. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd tell it because I haven't had a chance to tell it yet, and that's a good one. Had a good time getting felt up. I will drop a teaser that easily one of my favorite and probably my best tour story, which I've been saving for the show, and I'm not going to oh, tell it yeah, now. No, I'm going to tell it later. It. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. it some other point. When the time is yeah. ripe. Involves... A similar situation where there are drugs around and a border crossing is inevitable and you have to do something about the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, let's play one final Yaucha song to keep us feeling very uncomfortable <laughs> towards the end of the podcast. This is off their new album, The Lurch, which is out now from Relapse Records. Go to relapse.com to pick it up on vinyl or just support the band on Bandcamp. And once they start touring, you better bet your ass you're gonna go see them live.
This show is about touring musicians telling incredible stories from their lives as they remember them. Humans are generally pretty great, but we all know that memory fades over time, and that in the moment, people interpret situations differently based on their personality, background, state of mind, drugs they were on, intoxication level, etc., etc. The important thing to get across here is that at no point should these stories be considered hard facts or perfectly accurate portrayals of real events. If by some chance you were there for something that was talked about on this show or know someone who was and heard a different side of the story... If you feel we've been inaccurate or misrepresentative in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out, help us set the record straight. Tomorrowwedipodcast at gmail.com. We'll read everything. And to any road warriors out there who might be listening, we want to hear your stories too. If you have a crazy moment from the road you want to share with us, then please drop us a line on email. Write it up as succinctly as possible, please. We don't want to read your autobiography. And if we have the time, we'll read it on a future episode. Feel free to plug yourself in the band as well. Again, the email address is tomorrowwedipodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And once again, I'm Jeffrey McNulty. And I'm John Wisniewski. And this is Tomorrow, Tomorrow we, die. we Die. Find us on the internet. Our website is www.tomorrowwedie.com. And remember, that's two W's, T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W-W-E. D-I-E.com. On Twitter, we're at Tomorrow We Die PC. Instagram, at Tomorrow We Die Podcast. Facebook page is at Tomorrow We Die Podcast. Our email address is Tomorrow We Die Podcast at gmail.com. And the show is published on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and SoundCloud. Podcast produced by Jeffrey M. McNulty at the Pachinko Parlor in Seattle, Washington. Additional editing by Joe Plummer and Chris Dury. Background music is by Noel Frequency Impulsor. Tomorrow We Die is produced in partnership with Ruinous Media. Check out the rest of the Ruinous Media family at ruinousmedia.com and on all the major social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening.